Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. Well, this is the first week of semi-liberty for at least many of us around the country, certainly here in Texas, in the middle of the COVID-19 shutdown. And so we're going to talk about a related issue on this week's episode, episode four of the Liberty Cafe. We're going to be talking about property this week. Private property, as we all well know, is one of the basic fundamental rights that we have in America. It's one of the basic fundamental rights that has made our country what it is today, the ability to own and use your property without interference. Of course, we really can't own and use our property without interference in the United States, but we're better than in most other countries anyway. But I'd like to kind of go back behind that because what we've seen during the COVID-19 lockdown is governments far and wide telling Americans how they can use their property. There's the woman who sent her kids over to their neighbor's house and the neighbors who had sent their kids over to the to her house and the police showed up on her doorstep telling her that she was breaking the law and making it very clear that if she did it again they were going to arrest her. There's the two hairdressers or maybe it was cosmetologist uh, who, uh, or is that the space thing? Anyway, people who, who do makeup and, and those types of things who wanted to bring in people to their homes. Matter of fact, they were bringing in people to their homes. And the police sent two undercover cops to go have these people arrested. A friend of mine went to go get his CO2 cartridge refilled. And his family likes to drink carbonated water. Why they want to drink that stuff, I don't know, but they do. And so he had to go find a place. He did, and he went to the uh, to the business. And the man who answered it said, I can't let you into my store. I face a $1,000 fine. Well, they managed to work it out. He went around to the back door, and they were man- managed to get his CO2 cartridge refilled. But that's kind of what we're looking at today. Well, does government do that? Can they do it, but can they do it? Well, to understand this, we really have to go back to the very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. That's a mind-boggling statement. We don't think about it a whole lot. But as we look around us and we see these billions of people all around us, the cities all around us, the gorgeous countryside, not to mention the billions of stars and the heavens all over the place, none of this existed before God spoke it into existence. That is very important when it comes to property because it, it, it tells us a couple of things and for, first of all it tells us that God is the creator and we are not right and he made that clear to us when he set boundaries around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil he made that off limits to us so the, again two things there first of all it signified to us he's God we're not second of all it indicated to us, that private property was God's economy for going out and carrying out the cultural mandate, which was to go fill the earth, be fruitful and multiply, and put God's disciples all over the earth, and in the meantime, of course, enabled 
to be able to do that, they had to cultivate the earth. They had to take the garden that God had prepared and make the rest of the world, expand it, and make the rest of the world look like the garden so that it could hold the billions of people that God obviously intends for it to hold and so that it would be the dwelling place of God with man. Of course, we mess that all up with the fall. We can't do that on our own anymore. And the only reason we're going to be able to do it is because Jesus Christ died and paid the price for our sins on the cross and is actually himself carrying out the cultural mandate. But he's not doing it on his own either because we are in him and he is in us, the Spirit, and we're one. And so our role is still to carry out the cultural mandate, although that's fairly controversial, even in uh, Presbyter- unfortunately, even in Presbyterian circles. But this delegation of private property to man through the cultural mandate is really the foundation of uh, private property and property ownership and teach- teaches us how to, how to do it. First thing we learned about private property is that it's Trinitarian nature because God is in the Trinity and his ownership of property is Trinitarian, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So is our ownership. It, it's not just one sole person as owner. Our ownership involves individuals, families, and institutions, which includes government. But it's really important to understand that property ownership is not collective. And we see that also in, in the Trinity and in the creation. Because what happened in creation? Well, God essentially delegated creation to Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. So God the Father and God the Spirit had their roles in creation. Yet it was Christ who was primarily responsible for doing the work of creation. So the the Trinitarian aspect of of human ownership doesn't, except in limited circumstances, give others, including the government, the authority to supersede the individual's management and use of property. Instead, what it does, it bestows upon the individual the responsibility for the proper management and use of property, keeping others or the collective in mind. So to recap, we're supposed to use property, all of our property, for God's purposes, and we're supposed to use it in the best interest of others. That's where Satan attacked when he was in the garden. Satan knew that he could not attack God directly, so he attacked God's creation, his creatures, and his purposes. And, And the very first violation that Satan went after was breaking God's boundaries around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was a property rights violation. Well, that is continuing to go on today. We see how that happens all across the world. It's not as bad in the United States as it is in other places, but it's bad here. For instance, in Texas, the Texas Supreme Court has said that we have no constitutional right in the uses of our private property. Yeah, we can own it, and they can't take it away without paying us for it, but we don't get to use it without their permission. We see how this is an attack 
not just on individuals and their property rights, but on God's economy for building up the world. And it has an effect on the prosperity of the world. And we see that with a quick review of prosperity in the world. For instance, you look at the Heritage Foundation Index of Economic Freedom, and it ranks freedom, economic freedom, all over the um, world in multiple categories, including property rights. Well, it turns out that the top 10 companies, when it comes to protecting property rights, uh, average 18.1 in the country ranking. So they're 18th, average 18th from the top of country rankings in terms of GDP per capita, gross domestic product per capita. However, the bottom 10 property rights countries average 147 in the rankings, near the bottom of the rankings in GDP per capita. And that makes sense when you look at it. The, the use of property is a God-ordained purpose, and we continue to interfere with that. You can also see it uh, from the Bible. The Eighth Commandment instructs us, you shall not steal. Well, that presupposes private property. And the penalties for doing that are very much related to whether or not we're going to be successful in carrying out the cultural mandate. If we don't obey the voice of the Lord, for instance, then curses will come upon us and overtake us. Cursed shall be us, we in the city. Cursed shall be you in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your room and the womb and the fruit of your ground, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Can you see how these sanctions are related to the cultural mandate? When we break God's law, including property rights law, things don't go well for us in carrying out the cultural mandate. On, obedience, on the other hand, brings great blessings to the faithful. In, in fact, reversing the Adamic curse that Adam and Eve brought down upon themselves and us. For instance, when you obey God, when if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Blessed shall you be in the city, in the field, the fruit of your ground and of your cattle, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. That's out of Deuteronomy. It's not if I obey, then everything's going to go perfectly well in my life. But if humanity obeys, there is going to be a growth over time in the collective welfare and prosperity of humanity so as Christianity spreads and more people love and obey God, we're going to be seeing more prosperity and more success in carrying out the cultural mandate. And one of the key places that we need to continue this obedience and focus on this obedience is in the areas of private property.